I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the VEASAN Hockey Betting Podcast with VEASAN's hockey betting analyst, Andy McNeil. Here is Danny Burke. Welcome in, folks. Time to start up another episode of VEASAN's Hockey Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Burke. Happy to be with you twice a week via VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And alongside, per usual, it's VEASAN's NHL betting expert, Andy McNeil, at Digital Gambler, where you can follow him on Twitter, at Danny Burke 5 for myself. If you don't know the drill Uh, Andy and I are going to go through all the biggest news of the day with the trade deadline, finally seeing some of those big transactions, who's going to be starting in net now that we have some of the official news throughout the league. Andy and I recording this on Thursday morning, so we may miss some things, but we'll hit from what we know. Uh, Injury news, our favorite plays of the day, and much more. So without further ado, Andy, my man, uh, let's go ahead and start with the biggest news that we had been waiting for and waiting for. It finally comes to fruition. Patrick Kane is officially a New York Ranger. He will be making his debut tonight with the Rangers taking on the Ottawa Senators. How are we feeling about that? Uh, well, the you know, just a few hours after we recorded Tuesday's episode, this is probably the worst kept secret in the NHL. Kane, now a member of the the New York Rangers. Uh, obviously, I think Rangers fans and Rangers betters, anybody that had uh, maybe some of those eighteen to one Stanley Cup tickets from earlier this season uh, in their in their back pocket, are, are feeling pretty good about this one. Uh, of course, everybody knows that Kane won the Hart Trophy in 2015-16, playing on a line with Artemi Panarin. And Panarin, of course, won the Calder Trophy uh, that year as the league's top rookie. Well, 
those two are going to be on a line together with Vincent Trocek, head coach Gerard Gallant said any fool can put these lines together. And, and he's right about that. Um, so it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Of course, the, the Rangers were in action on Wednesday. They got a win over the Flyers. Funny story. Uh, a friend of mine who's a, a big Rangers fan lives in New York actually bought tickets for the game in Philadelphia, thinking that Patrick Kane was going to debut uh, on Wednesday. And and uh, not even an hour later, he found out that he wouldn't be in, and was uh, frantically trying to sell those tickets. I'm not sure how that worked out for him, uh, but just, just thought I'd share that. Um, yeah, so exciting, exciting atmosphere tonight. Uh, Kane is uh, definitely going to bring something to the Rangers. I mean, uh, I think we mentioned it on Tuesday that uh, he... he probably has a little bit more left in the tank than he was letting on. He scored nine goals uh, in his first 50 games. He had seven goals in the four games uh, before the Blackhawks sat him down ahead of the trade. So uh, I'm really excited to, to see it get going. Um, but Ottawa, the, the team that's in action against the Rangers tonight, they they, they came through with a big surprise um, on Wednesday evening. Uh, they were the team that finally was able to pry Jacob Chikrin defenseman out of Arizona. He has been long uh, rumored to want out of Arizona and uh, Ottawa definitely wasn't on anybody's radar. As far as I know, Um, too bad they didn't do it in the summer because it's probably a little bit too late to, to, to make a playoff push. Jacob Chikrin is a great ad for now and into the, the future, but um, you know, they're only five points back of that final wild card spot in the Eastern Conference, uh, but they have an insanely uh, tough schedule. 17 of their last 22 games come against some of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and the NHL. Uh, and, you know, not all playoff teams, but some some really good matchups in there, like the Buffalo Sabres uh, that can definitely give it a team trouble. So I, I don't I don't see any any playoff uh spot in Ottawa's future that's for sure but as far as tonight's game goes um, the big thing here is who's going to start in goal for the Rangers Igor Shesterkin started on Wednesday he started back-to-back games on two separate occasions this season uh, including the Rangers last back-to-back situation on February 25th and 26th Uh, I guess you'd say Yaroslav Halak is tonight's expected starter but I would not be surprised if Shesterkin is back between the pipes either he hasn't faced more than 29 shots in any of his last eight games so he's been you know, facing a pretty light workload. Yeah, and in that game tonight, minus 155 seems to be the consensus number or right around there in favor of the Rangers. A total at six and a half. But like you said, uh, big acquisitions for both teams. Ottawa trying to scrap their way into the postseason. We know New York's been a hot team. Curious to see how much hotter they can get with the addition of Patrick Kane. And Andy, I I think this kind of begs the question, I mean, certainly we're curious how much of a boost they may get together as a unit via Patrick Kane going there. But when you look at it from maybe like a player prop perspective, I know people are going to be infatuated with betting Kane stuff, thinking he's going to get a lot of the action. But what about for some of his teammates who are typically the stars of the team, typically the guys taking a lot of the shots on goal? Now that you bring in another stud who can take a lot of those shots, is this going to hinder the prop market for some of these brand name guys who are typically getting those attempts? 
Well, uh, I talked to Arthur Staple, um, New York Rangers writer, um, reporter out of out of New York. He's with The Athletic. Um, lots of great insight on the Rangers. And he, the name that he gave back to me was Vladimir Tarasenko. I'm still unclear just how the, the Rangers power play unit. I know we I, I just mentioned that um, Kane will be on a line with Trotchek and Panarin at five on five. But we, I'm not. I'm still not sure how the power play is shaking out here. Uh, you would assume he would be a member of the first power play. Um, and that may mean that he replaces Vladimir Tarasenko, the other new addition uh, to the New York Rangers on that top power play. So that could definitely impact uh, player prop betting for, for Tarasenko and Kane, of course. All right, let's go to some other news throughout the league. Andy, how about Boston? They got a game tonight. The Bruins taking on the Sabres, and Boston is as high as a $3 favorite. But instead of being uh, maybe more interested in the game itself, we're more curious about the broad outlook for this Boston team, certainly the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. But they added another piece. They signed their top player. Speak on that a little bit and what that's going to do for Boston going forward. Yeah, so... um First off, the Bruins have a couple of injuries that they're dealing with today. They placed Taylor Hall uh, on long-term injured reserve and, and Nick Felino as well. Two forwards. Uh, Hall is apparently seeking a, a second opinion for whatever his ailment is. Um, maybe the Bruins have just learned from their adversaries, the Tampa Bay Lightning, on how to circumvent the salary cap. Uh, and they're probably trying to stash money so that they can fit uh, another player into the mix because... Uh, this morning, we learned uh, that Tyler Bertuzzi has been traded to the Boston Bruins from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for a protected first round draft pick and a fourth round draft pick. Uh, big, big move. I, I would like to think that I manifested this trade uh, because <laughs> I, I talked about it last week with a friend of mine uh, when we were kind of discussing who would be a good fit for Boston. Uh, and I knew Bertuzzi's name was out there. I just didn't see how they would make it work. Um in terms of the salary cap, especially after they made the deal with Washington to bring in Dimitri Orloff and, and Garnet Hathaway uh, really thought the Bruins were going to be pushed up against it and, and probably done before the trade deadline, but Nope, they, they came through uh, with the, with the addition of Bertuzzi. Uh, now, of course, Bertuzzi's in a, a, an unreal scoring slump. He's only scored six goals this season, but he scored 30 goals last season. He's hit the 20 goal mark two other times in his career. Um, I think this is a, a great addition that can move up and down the Bruins lineup. He can play in the top six. He can play on the third line. Um, a really, really, really solid addition to this team and will help them not only in the playoffs, but down the stretch if Taylor Hall remains out for a, an extended period of time. But yeah, even bigger news. The Bruins finally tied up a huge loose end. Uh, they signed David Pasternak to a, a massive contract. Not exactly sure of the exact dollar figures off the top of my head. I believe it's $11.25 million uh, per year uh, times eight years. It's the sixth largest contract uh, in NHL history, $90 million over eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a big day for the Boston Bruins. Um, they're... Not only are they saying, hey, we're going for it this year. I guess everybody in the Eastern Conference is apparently going for it at this point. But um, not only are the Bruins saying, hey, we're going for it, but they're also saying we're, we're going to be around for a while. We've got our best player and arguably the best goal scorer in the NHL locked up for the next eight years. Yeah, so big news there for Boston and maybe not the best thing for a team like Detroit, especially when they got a quick turnaround tonight, Andy. They're hosting the Kraken, who we know can light it up on any given evening. And you actually got to play in this game. So uh, Seattle, they're 
right around eh, minus 115 to minus 120 range is what we're seeing. Total at six and a half in this spot. So the Red Wings not only have lost their last three games, but they lose a notable piece, as we were just mentioning. Uh, The Kraken coming off a nice 5-3 win at St. Louis most recently. They had lost their last three prior to that, looking to get on a tad bit of a hot streak. Good chance to do it potentially in the Motor City against the Red Wings. So losing a guy like Bertuzzi, is that a factor in your handicap when you look at a spot like this? Um, it certainly is, but I actually posted an article on, on Beeson this morning, uh, prior to the trade, prior to learning of the trade, um, you know, detailing why I, I like the Kraken in this spot. And obviously now that you take Bertuzzi out of the lineup and they traded Philip Peronic, uh, a defenseman who was having a pretty decent year, they traded him uh, on Wednesday. So, uh, the Red Wings, yeah, I mean, think they're worse off, uh, now than they were even a couple of hours ago. Um, but right away, the thing that struck me about this game was that the Kraken were priced at minus 180 against the Red Wings in Seattle back on February 18th. So I really couldn't understand what kind of theory was driving the betting market to price this game as it was with both teams listed at minus 110 because, you know, on the surface, the Red Wings, like the rest of the Eastern Conference teams, they've dominated their Western Conference counterparts, but most of their success against the West has come against the worst teams in the West, not the best. They're four and eight versus Western Conference playoff teams, two and three at home this season versus the Western Conference playoff teams. And while Seattle might not be a, a, one of the best teams in the West, they are in a playoff spot. They are one of the four Western Conference teams with a positive ROI in games against teams from the East. And uh, their 17 and 12 record against the East is actually the best in the Western Conference. So I think you've got to take that into consideration. And I know things have not been going well for Seattle as of late, but the market went a bit overboard here. I mean, we've already started to see it move, but we were talking about a 10% swing, more than a 10% swing, 12% from one game to the next in a matchup where the home team has virtually no advantage and their opponents, the Kraken are actually better on the road than they are at home this season. So I just really think everything was leaning towards Seattle being a bigger favorite here. I know Detroit was on a roll, but since Seattle snapped their five game win streak, the Red Wings have lost three or four games and they've only scored three goals in their last three games. So yeah. And immediately what another thing that stuck out was uh, the price, particularly on the puck line. Uh, I think there's always bound to be some price discrepancies across the market, which is why you should have access to lots of different books. Uh, But currently, an earlier DraftKings sportsbook had the best uh, odds on the puck line, minus one and a half for the Kraken to win by two goals or more. Uh, It's down to plus uh, 220. I I think that's still a very good price. A, a, A fair price is closer to plus 205, which is what a lot of other shops have right now. Uh, And I think that's the direction that this one will head toward as the day progresses. I mean, we've seen the Kraken go from minus 110 up to as high as minus 125, minus 128 at some shops. Uh, And you can still get minus 115. I I, I listed minus 110 this morning. Uh, A full play, I'd risk a little bit less at minus 115. It wouldn't be as big of a bet. But I still like the the, the puck line at plus 220. I think that's a, a, a really solid bet considering that Seattle has actually covered the puck line 51.7% of the time in games where they're the favorite. And there is a little bit of uncertainty. They play again tomorrow and they haven't confirmed their goaltender. But I think 
I think the the line value outweighs that that uncertainty. So yeah, Seattle on the puck line at plus two twenty, and uh, a smaller bet, half a unit on uh, the money line at minus one fifteen, both at DraftKings. All right, I dig it, my man. We'll be rooting for you for sure. Uh, Andy, you're coming off a nice little performance there on Tuesday with your uh, player prop, Jack Quinn, over a half a point. He ended up with two, so he cashed in on the plus 145. Uh, missed out on Borgstrand, but of course, you still ended up on top with the plus money there. I'm coming off that under six in the hook with the total for Nashville and Pittsburgh. Uh, no and- sweat. No <laughs> sweat either. I mean, that was like, I was almost looking, like I was looking at the score and it was scoreless after the first. I was like, all right, this is just going to somehow blow up in the second period or something. But like you said, I mean, it, it stayed mild the whole time. So, hey, we'll we'll take that 10 times out of 10 if we can get kind of that sweat-free type of bet. I always say, Danny, I would take boring hockey where my bet wins and there is zero sweat. Every single time. I would not Mm -hmm. care if I ever watched an exciting hockey game again in my life as long (laughs) as my bets win. And I know fellow gamblers that really can't understand that. They say, hey, you know, that's that's no fun. Like you got to you got to enjoy the the ride. And it's like, no, you don't at all. Uh, (laughs) I just want boring wins every day. And and that's the way I'd like it. I hear you, man. I'm with you. And and look, I'm, I'm going back to the well here, actually, with a similar approach for this penguins game tonight on the road against tampa bay uh andy tampa bay opened around like minus 167 or so and i don't know their numbers kind of been back and forth in terms of where you've been shopping but i see as low as looking at vegas for example at our vsons odds page like circa has minus 156 and then some books have like as high as minus 175 so the variance is all over the place for pittsburgh on the road against tampa bay now, Tampa Bay has lost their last two games. They lost 4-1 to one against Florida, and then they played at Pittsburgh 7-3. to three. They dropped that spot, but Brian Elliott was in the net in that game. Casey DeSmith was in for Pittsburgh. It looks like the projected goalies are going to be Tristan Jari and Vasilevsky, and Vasilevsky has still been a stud, been great at home, 17-5-2, 2.46 goals against average, over 92% with his saves. And Tampa Bay has actually paid, uh, played Pittsburgh twice, but Vasilevsky hasn't been in the net either time. And Jari was in that first game toward the beginning of the season. Pittsburgh won 6-2, to two, so we only allowed two goals on 36 shot attempts. And Jari, we know, has been a solid goalie, hasn't gotten as many reps because he was out for a, a certain period of time most recently, but still the numbers are strong. On the road, he's 8-3-2, and two, 2.86 goals against average, 91% with his saves. I'm looking at the under here. I think the over is getting a little bit too much love. Uh, It's as high as like minus 120. And the under I saw here in Illinois at FanDuel was plus 102. There are a lot of books that have the under six and a hook at even money. Would, of course, still play it at even money, but I snagged the plus 102. Pittsburgh, you look at how they do on the road. Offensively, they're certainly worse. Their power play success goes from 27% to just under 16%. They're averaging about four less shots on goal. But defensively, they still are at the same with their save percentage at about 90.5%. And we just talked about Jari being pretty successful on the road when he is in the net. Uh, I get the last two games between them have been higher scoring. But again, Vasilevsky had not been the goaltender 
for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And off of these performances that you've seen from Tampa Bay, where they've just kind of been getting embarrassed, especially on the defensive side and against Pittsburgh in one of their last two games, I think they're going to want to come out here and make a statement and and prove to themselves that, no, we're not just going to roll over, even though we're feeling good about our playoff spot. Pittsburgh, certainly on the other side, has to act like all of these games are playoff games fighting for that wildcard position. I just think it's going to be tightly played, uh, maybe not as aggressive from the start. And I like that they're giving you some plus money to the under, Andy. So I went with under six in the hook at plus 102 for this game. Yeah, Danny, I I am definitely with you there. Let's just hope Brian Elliott isn't in goal uh, for the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, as you mentioned two games against the penguins 12 goals against in those in those games so elliot could could cash that over on his own um both of these teams have been underperforming on offense to say the least they actually rank second and sixth respectively the penguins in second the lightning uh, in sixth in expected goals per 60 minutes in all situations Uh, since January 30th. So we're going back about a month. That's 12 games for the Lightning, 11 games for the Penguins. Uh, But both teams scoring three goals per 60 minutes. uh, And, you know, that is way under where they should be uh, given the the scoring chances and the shots that they're generating. So um, hopefully that that continues and these two teams continue to to not have puck luck on their side. Yeah, if uh, if Elliot's in the net, I will be feeling quite the opposite about this. <laughs> so <laughs> we're keeping our fingers crossed that it's going to be Vasilevsky uh, Ted in the pipes tonight. But yeah, hopefully no Brian Elliott. I'll be sweating out under six in the hook at plus one hundred two for Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. I just confirmed Tristan Jari will likely start at Tampa Bay on Thursday. He's the first goaltender off the ice. All right, good deal. That's the uh, the first domino to fall. Now we need our guy Vasilevsky to come through. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be sweating out that under six in the hook. And I was just going to say, too, like I kind of lean toward Tampa Bay on the money line. But again, I'm just – look, Pittsburgh's been hot. Uh, they're playing with, uh, I guess you could argue, more motivation because of that playoff spot. And Tampa Bay talked about it after their last spot. Or going, I guess these teams we're playing are more desperate than we are. Nothing's changed in the game plan, but that's just the way it's gone about. So – Again, hopefully it's a wake-up call for him, especially on the defensive front, and then we can get a a boring game like we talked about. (laughs) And as you mentioned, uh, Danny, just the the difference in prices across the board. So if if somebody is interested in betting the Tampa Bay Lightning, I mean, you've really got to consider what's available out there in the market. You can find as low as minus 150, which seems incredible considering that some shops are up as high as minus 175 like bet mgm and borgata um some at minus 165 minus 160 but there is a minus 150 out there so shop around but unfortunately that sports book is not paying me to say anything so i'm not going to name them and <laughs> you'll have to go find that for yourself all right there you go got to do a little research every once in a while for yourself uh andy i want to stick in this 7 p.m eastern time window because i did have one other bet down in Florida, we got the Panthers taking on the Predators. I mean, Nashville's look, Nashville obviously dealing away some of their players, and uh, the front office clearly kind of just bending the knee, going, All right, we've given up on the postseason. But look, Nashville has been doing okay as of late. Uh, they are coming off that 3 1 loss versus Pittsburgh. We just talked about that with the total staying under six in the hook. Um, Florida, they're coming off a loss at Tampa Bay. Uh, the other, or excuse me, they had that game at Tampa Bay, uh, four to one that they just played. And 
look, Florida does need to get these games to help their postseason bid themselves. And we talk about home and road splits all the time. Like Florida dominates at home compared to the road. They got a plus 22 differential at home, minus 23 on the road. Their power play percentage and success goes up at home. Uh, Penalty kill is better at home. They're getting about five more shots on goal per game. And their save percentage is up like four percentage points when they're playing on home or at home versus on the road. You mentioned Saros a little bit earlier in the show, but yeah, he looks like he will be the projected starter. Again, the projected um, on the road. His numbers are still okay. Nine, eight and two, 2.84 goals against the average 91 and a half percent with his saves in the last three games. He has only surrendered six goals, but he's faced the likes of San Jose, Arizona and Pittsburgh. And yeah, Pittsburgh has been a little bit better, but they haven't been dominant offensively per se. Prior to those three games, he gave up four, four and five respectively to Vancouver, Minnesota and Boston offenses that certainly get a lot more action and a lot more shot attempts on the net. And I think the Panthers will more so resemble that. I think they'll get a boost from playing at home in a game that they pretty much need to win here. They they got to take advantage of this spot. They should be trending opposite ways, Florida and Nashville. Bobrovsky has not had the greatest season. We know this, but again, at home, his numbers has gotten better because he's got a 3.07 goals against average and a 90% on his saves in terms of his overall numbers. At home specifically, 2.78 goals against average, 91.6% on his saves. Uh, He did lose 7-3 at Nashville, gave up four goals the other week, so it it concerns you a little bit, but maybe this will be more motivation for him, more incentive, and coming back home, I can't stress that enough, seems to be very beneficial for Florida. This number's kind of gotten out of hand, though, Andy, I'm not going to lie, like it opened about like as low as minus 160, and now you're seeing it as high as minus 180, even 185, so... I'm not going to lay that chalk in terms of the juice for the for the full game. I'm going with the win in regulation. And minus 110 is what I'm seeing out there for the best price. DraftKings actually has that. So this is a 60-minute line, meaning I need the Panthers to just win in regulation, can't have the game go to overtime, and obviously can't have the Panthers lose in regulation. So instead of laying that chalkier price, I'm going with the win in regulation at minus 110, Andy. So, uh, yeah, hopefully the, uh, the Panthers can uh, – can come out firing from the start. Is, is there anything noteworthy you're seeing in this spot that you would maybe just uh, let people know if they're considering playing this game as well? Well, I know that on Tuesday's episode, I mentioned uh, UC Saros being a goaltender that I would still be interested in backing down the stretch, despite uh, the fact that it looked like the Predators were going to be you know, selling as we uh, head toward the trade deadline. Um but man, you look at this lineup, and it makes it really tough to 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 justify backing the Predators in in a situation like this um, against a Florida team that, as you said, struggles uh, on the road and struggles with their goaltending issues. But they are uh, arguably the best, you know, shot generators in the NHL, maybe outside of Carolina, uh, and they could really end up peppering the Predators and Usaros tonight. Clearly. Uh, the Predators' defense is not going to be as good switching out Tyson Berry, uh, formerly of the Edmonton Oilers, for uh, or uh, switching out Matias Ekholm for Tyson Berry in a trade with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, so uh, you, you got to wonder just how often Saros is going to see these 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 high shot totals. 
There's been 10 occasions in 2022-23 where Saros has faced 38-plus shots. He's won seven of those games, which is wow. you know, actually pretty impressive. And, and, and two of those losses, he lost in overtime. So uh, maybe you know, there's something to the Saros thriving in these conditions. But um, certainly when you look at the, the Predators' current lineup, uh, on paper, it doesn't look like Philip Forsberg is going to be back in the lineup on Thursday. So uh, this is this is a pretty weak team here. And, and yeah, I could definitely see the Panthers running away with this one. All right. That's what we're hoping for, my man. I uh, Hopefully Florida can uh, get me another sweat-free bet here because, like you said, a banged-up line, maybe not banged-up, but just a uh, you know, altered lineup for Nashville. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the appropriate way to put it. So uh, thinned, out, thinned out like my like my hair before I started shaving <laughs> it, you know? There you go. That works. We'll put that in there and uh, attribute it to that. Um, let's talk about this game later tonight, Andy. I know you had some thoughts on it, and I have a bet on it, too. I'll, I'll kind of let you take the stage first with Calgary and Toronto. Uh, because, you, you know, you talk about Edmonton and some of the moves we saw happen with them. Well, the Maple Leafs played them last night, so they're on a second leg of a back-to-back. Toronto lost 5-2 to two at Edmonton, so uh, those moves were paying off for the Oilers immediately. Uh, the Flames have been a team who have just refused to find a way to win. I mean, they're on a three-game losing streak here. They've lost their last four to five. The only win came at Arizona and one of those losses was even against the Flyers, a team that we know is at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, so speak on this one a little bit and what kind of drew some interest to you uh, wanting to expound on this matchup later tonight? Yeah, so so first of all, let's just circle back to uh, Matthias Ekholm. As I mentioned, he was mm-hmm. traded to the Edmonton Oilers uh, for defenseman uh, Tyson Berry, and it paid immediate dividends uh, in uh, Wednesday's 5-2 win over the Maple Leafs. There were numerous occasions where Ekholm and his partner Evan Bouchard prevented some of the Maple Leafs' best players from entering the offensive zone. And, I, you know, we'll, we'll need to see more from Edmonton down the stretch. It's just one game. Uh, but a de- I think a decisive win over Toronto is a, a pretty good measuring stick. And mm-hmm. I didn't talk about it at the time, uh, but a few weeks ago, I bet on the Oilers to win the Western Conference. And at least one shop still has plus 750. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'd consider that for sure. I mean, not only could the Oilers end up being the West best team in the West, uh, but just in general, the positive expected value will show up pretty quickly Uh, And that price will drop really fast should they go on any kind of run like they did, especially like they did last season. And, uh, you know, considering Connor McDavid, cheat code has seemingly already been activated. He's scored (laughs) two goals in each of his last five games and has 24 points uh, in his last uh, in his last 10. Uh, A deep run is is definitely in the cards for sure. But, you know, back to to Toronto. uh, Yeah, they're in action against Calgary. The Flames have lost not just three in a row, but nine of their last 12 games. They definitely deserve to win against Boston. They they outshot Boston 57 to 20. Uh, You know, it was well into the game. The Bruins had 11 shots and they were on the second half of a back to back. But, you know, same old story. The Flames lose another close game. They've lost an NHL worst 24 one goal games this season. Uh, and they're just five and three at home against teams playing the second half of a back to back. Not a big sample, uh, obviously, but it's just another way to illustrate that this team kind of can't get it done, even in situations where you would expect them to get it done. Um, second half uh, of a back to back has historically not been great for Toronto, though. Um, you know, they're, 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 I believe they're, 
six and five or no five and four in those situations this season. They've only had one back to back on the road, four uh, one win over the Penguins. But um, Joseph Wall uh, will be starting in goal, third stringer. Uh, Matt Murray still out with an injury. Uh, I don't believe Toronto can activate him due to salary cap reasons right now, but. He has just six games under his belt at the NHL level, and he is four and two in his career, uh, and he's played pretty well this season. But he lost both games in which he saw forty plus shots, and you could definitely see that volume tonight in in Calgary. I mean, the Flames, like I said, they they put up fifty seven shots against the best team in the NHL, uh, and back to back or not, that's impressive, and that's the type of hockey that Calgary plays. You expect them to be in every game because they do possess the puck so much. They do uh, generate the majority of the shot attempts. Um, but like I said, an NHL worst 24 one goal games that they have lost this season. Uh, you know, even half of you win half of those games, less than half of those games and you're in a playoff spot right now. So uh, the Calgary flames is totally letting this one slip away. And I know, I know lots of even sharp betters, you know, up until up until maybe a month ago, it was like, oh, the Flames are going to go on a run. The Flames are going to go on a run. And I'm not saying that it's, you know, it's not it's not out of the question. There, there's a lot of good things here with this hockey team. And if they can get into the playoffs, they can make something happen. But I mean, con, you know, considering what we saw happen last year, the way Connor McDavid and the Oilers just had their way with the Flames and the Flames were really good last year yeah. uh just totally exposed them and and exposed jacob markstrom and of course dan villadar could end up being the starter in the playoffs maybe that changes things a little bit but as i mentioned before Connor mcdavid cheat code uh he's he's shown that he might be the only player uh you know in in this generation that can really just turn it on uh, it's it's unbelievable i mean you wonder i i asked myself throughout the season uh, as somebody with a 20 to one bet on David Pasternak to win the, the rocket Richard trophy for most goals in the NHL this year, don't, Ooh, and ah, it's not going to win. And I'm upset about it because <laughs> Pasternak is arguably the best goal scorer in the NHL right now. I mean, you know, before this last little stretch, I haven't looked at the updated numbers, but he had a clear edge in goals per 60 minutes uh, over Connor McDavid. He, he was the best in the NHL as, tar- as far as scoring efficiency. He was just four goals back of McDavid. Um, but Connor plays 23 minutes a night and Pasternak plays 17 minutes a night. And that's a huge difference. Uh, so maybe if he played the, the same amount of minutes as McDavid, he could come close. But I think, when Connor has something on his mind that he wants to accomplish, he does it and nobody's going to stop him. And it, and it sure feels that way right now. Uh, and it's, and you know, the, the Oilers are, are also still without Evander Kane, you know, one of their best goal scorers, maybe their best goal scorer outside of McDavid uh, right now. So um, this team could get a lot better down the stretch uh, and, and the flames are going to be the, the, um, whatever the opposite of, of beneficiary is. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it. And hey, I want to I want to get back to that with the Western Conference odds uh, before we wrap up. I was just going to dish out the play that I had with the Flames and the Maple Leafs. But I like the conversation you're bringing up with the Western Conference and the Oilers as good as plus 750, which I do think is a really good price. But then really quick for this game. uh, To me, this is just a situational handicap. And I I think it favors Calgary here, whether it's going to be Vladar, whether it's going to be Markstrom. I, I know Markstrom has been. Very disappointing this year compared to what we especially saw last season. But again, you got Wall, like you said. Hey, look, he's been fine. But at the end of the day, it's a third stringer for Toronto. And they're on the second leg of a back-to-back coming off of a bad loss. 
Toronto, the game for both of these teams is just means different at this point in the year. Like second leg of a back to back, like you said, traditionally doesn't do well for them. All right. And now you're going up against a team that desperation levels are at an all time high. And Calgary still has those pieces there. They can still make it happen. They get a lot of attempts on goal. Like, again, you were mentioning that already. It's just, can it finally be executed? Can it finally come to fruition? This has to be a spot where it does. And you have seen some of the line movement go in their direction. Uh, Calgary opening up as low as minus 104. I think even some shops had Toronto as a slight favorite at the opener. But now Calgary as high as minus 120 is what I'm seeing. So I laid minus 118. I, this is a just direct situational handicap where I think the advantage lies with Calgary, a game they need to win, and I think they can get it, the job done with what I still think should be an advantage between between the pipes for the Flames. Let's hope that they can get those shots to come through and they can cash it because they desperately need this one, Andy. And uh, let's hope they don't continue to disappoint, at least in terms of what we're betting for this game. Yeah, you know, I, I I hope you're I hope you're right, uh, Danny. They they this is a you know a good spot for the the Flames, uh, but so were the last two games against <laughs> the Colorado true. Avalanche and the the Boston Bruins, who were both playing on the second half of back to back. You know, very similar stature to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I guess you could say that all three of those teams are amongst the you know kind of elite teams in the elite group in the NHL. Um, but yeah, certainly with the the goaltending matchup. Uh, or not necessarily the matchup, the Leafs goaltending, uh, mm-hmm. you know, being where it is heading into this one uh, with a, you know, kind of an unproven goaltender between the pipes. Uh, I definitely lean towards the Calgary Flames as well. All right, let's get to the conversation of the conference futures again, because the West certainly seems like it presents a lot more parity here. Vegas at the top right now with 78 points. Dallas 77, uh, the Kings sneak it up there at 76, the Wild 74, along with the Oilers and the Avalanche, who have been hot as of late. Uh, they're at 73 points, then the Kraken, then the Jets and the Flames, and then the Predators. So looking at these odds, I'm just looking at DraftKings right now. Again, make sure you shop around. Uh, there are going to be better numbers and other places. I am just have DraftKings up in front of me at this moment, and they have Colorado plus 275 is the short shot. Vegas five to one, along with Edmonton, Dallas six to one, Calgary ten to one, Wild eleven to one, Jets twelve to one, Kraken twelve to one, the Kings are thirteen to one. I think what you're saying about Edmonton is the perfect way to put it, and I think they would have to be a team you take a flyer on based on what they possess offensively and what they added on the defensive side. And if that can actually be a constant and something that benefits them on that side of the puck, they easily could be the top team in the Western Conference. And look, Dallas with Ottinger, we saw how tremendous he can be. That was on display last year in the postseason, and we've seen it time and time again this year. I I, I don't know, though. I just still think Edmonton with Connor McDavid and company are the more appealing bet to make. Vegas, I don't know if I'm fully there with their goaltending. Colorado, I get it, but Andy, their their price is just too short right now to win the West at plus 275. So I like where your head's at, especially if you can still get Edmonton dished out at plus 750. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh... Six to one is a a widely available price, um, but I mean, I think at plus seven fifty at this point, like you like you said, five to one is a is a is a price that you're seeing a lot of, uh, not just at DraftKings but at other sports books too. So, 
um plus plus 750 is an absolute bargain and um i know jeff davis who is in charge of making the hockey odds at circus sports arguably the the sharpest sports book in vegas and arguably one of the the sharpest sports books in the world um and and he he tweeted it out a few weeks ago as well that there you could be dealing with a, a big overlay situation in the later rounds uh, if you're holding a, an Oilers plus seven fifty ticket you could be dealing with a, a great uh, situation in the later rounds like I, I mentioned so I mean if you don't believe me take it from the guy who's who's taking your money every every week at circa <laughs> there you have it and uh, just for just for the show purposes, throwing out some of these prices, if anybody's curious. Out in the East, the Bruins plus 275, the Hurricanes 4-1, to one, Maple Leafs 5-1, to one, Rangers 6-1, to one, Lightning plus 650, Devils 7-1, to one, Penguins 18-1, to one, Islanders 25-1, to one, list goes on and on. Uh, I guess the question I think maybe some people would ask is, one, the Bruins, yes, they're short, but is it still worth it to play them at plus 275? And two, with the addition of Patrick Kane to the Rangers, is it worth taking a bet on them or maybe not because those odds have been adjusted since then? You know, I haven't been able to um, really get into the futures prices in the East because there's just been so much uh, movement going on the last few days that it's really shaken things up. But um, I think of the of the two teams, I would I would maybe consider the Rangers, uh, but that would just be a a, um, a very light opinion at this point. Let's just say. <laughs> Yeah, I got you, man. I mean, the East, like we said, more top-heavy right now. The Hurricanes have been a, a very strong team. The Maple Leafs are always uh, fun to discuss, and uh, we know the bad luck that's usually presented with them come playoff time. But, man, it's going to be fun to see how things shake out. And, again, people have been infatuated with the Bruins, rightfully so. They're plus 275. Rangers getting some other weapons. They are 6-1 to at DraftKings to come out on top of the Eastern Conference. But as you guys know, Andy and I will keep updating these futures as we progress throughout the season here on VEASAN's Hockey Betting Podcast. Uh, before we head out, just to recap of some of our top plays, uh, I'll go really quick. Tonight, Andy, I've got the Panthers to win in regulation, minus 110 against the Predators. Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, under six, and the hook at plus 102. And then we talked about the situational handicap between Calgary and Toronto I'm riding with the Flames on the money line, minus 118 against the Maple Leafs tonight. You've got a couple plays, but revolving in just one game with Seattle and Detroit. What's it looking like, my man? Just all about the Kraken tonight on the money line. A half a unit at minus 115. We've seen that move from, from minus 110 since my article was posted uh, this morning, so not as big of a play. Uh, but I still really like the puck line uh, at plus 220 over at DraftKings. Seattle to win by at least two goals. Um, they've done so uh, almost 52% of the time uh, when they're the money line favorites. So um, probably not as... as uh, uh, short uh, odds as as it should be at this point. I think we'll see a trend that way uh, as the day goes on, though. Plus two hundred five would be uh, a fair price on that. So still quite a bit of value on that on the puck line uh, in Detroit tonight for the, the the Kraken. Andy going full crackhead tonight, baby. We love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, best of luck to you, my man. Always fun doing another episode covering the puck. Remember, you guys can follow Andy on Twitter at Digital Gambler. 
for myself at Danny Burke five. And we always appreciate if you like and subscribe to the podcast, you get notified when the show gets released as soon as possible. So you can hear it quickly. You can try to get as good a lines as possible and hopefully we can get you some winners, but that's going to be a wrap for this Thursday edition. Again, best of luck to all of you out there. We'll talk again next week. More than a movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies from the Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.